0: The Unshackled Waves, Episode Forty. Hello and welcome to the Unshackled Waves podcast. I'm Tim Wilms, here for this week's review episode. I'm joined once again this week by my co-editor-in-chief of The Unshackled, Sukuth Fernando. Welcome again.
1: Thanks, Tim, and hello, everyone.
0: Now, this uh, review episode is coming a bit late in the week. That's because of I've been busy with work, and Suketh is busy with uni. So our normal lives kept getting in the way, but we eventually made time.
1: Yeah, I just started uni, so it's getting a bit busy. But, yeah, I'm glad we can we can do it today.
0: Yeah, so uh, what's been happening in the news the the past week and a half? Well, uh, in the last uh, oh, 24, 48 hours, uh, well, no surprise to us, there's been another Islamist terror attack that's happened in the West. Uh, this time it was London in the United Kingdom, where an Islamist ran his car into pedestrians on the West, Westminster Bridge before crashing into the the palace of Westminster where uh, the British Parliament is, and he stabbed a police officer to death before being uh, shot and killed by police. So three people were killed in total with 40 injured. Uh, As usual, we saw the uh, virtue signalling from world leaders expressing their horror, uh, but of course none of them will do what should be done to prevent uh, more attacks like this happening, which is stopping Islamic immigration. Back here in Australia, again, the issue of same-sex marriage has dominated the political discourse. Well, this started last week when we had a letter from... Uh, 30 CEOs of major Australian companies uh, pressuring uh, Malcolm Turnbull to break his promise to hold a plebiscite on same-sex marriage and instead legislate through the parliament. Thankfully, Turnbull was having none of it. Uh, Immigration Minister Peter Dutton especially wasn't impressed and told these businesses to focus on running their operations and leave the political debate to ordinary people. Uh, It's also worth uh, noting that uh, Turnbull, he's had... Uh, a good couple of weeks, uh, dare I say that he might be beginning to come back from the political dead. Uh, his response to Australia's looming energy crisis has been good, slamming Labor's renewable energy targets. After a bouncing uh, news poll earlier this week, Yagli had his strongest day as Prime Minister, announcing finally the Coalition would reform 18C of the Racial Discrimination Act to allow for greater free speech. But we'll start with Uh, the most recent news, which is the the London terror attack.
1: Yeah, that was um, quite shocking. But then again, it wasn't shocking, ultimately, was it? Because, you know, it was expected. Um, You know, it's not surprising that we saw another Islamic terrorist attack in Europe. Um, You know, we have the meme where it says, you know, milliseconds um, since the last attack. Um, So, you know, people, it's not surprising to see people sort of expecting this sort of thing to happen these days thanks to the leaders? Yeah, the article
0: that I write is uh, how many times does this have to keep happening before our leaders actually do something? I'm so sick of you know, them saying this is such a terrible a- attack on our, our nation and our freedoms or you know, this is such an assault. You know, they, say, uh, they think that by saying you know, how, how, how horrible it is that that will suddenly pre- somehow prevent further attacks.
1: Yeah, it's the entire virtue signaling tradition we see these days from leaders in Western countries, especially the left wing leaders. Um, And it, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it's the exact same process. An attack happens, they withdraw. Large amounts of information about the attacker's identity, and later on they, you know, they they start the hashtags, they start the, you know, I'll ride with you, you know, not all Muslims, and then it it all goes, it happens again. It's it's a cycle. It's the same thing. It's like a life cycle. You know, the attack happens, then the hashtags, then the signaling, and then it, another attack comes somewhere else. So you know, it just shows that they're incompetent and that they really don't they probably don't even care about our countries because if they did care, they would try and do something. They would try and actually use their power to do something and prevent this, do something practical instead of virtue signaling and telling people, oh, not all Muslims do this, but we aren't seeing anything from them.
0: Uh, so, some of the reaction from the left when there's Islamic terror attacks is like, I worry about the uh, backlash against the Muslim community. What, there's people dead. Like, what about their families, what they're going through? You know, there, there is an actual death toll in
1: this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, it just shows like how much they're out of touch with normal people, because they are more in, they're more they're interested in looking at the backlash against a minority, which itself is linked heavily to, to terrorism, a religion that is linked heavily to terrorism and violence. They'd rather focus their attention and their strength on looking after them, instead of looking after their own country and their own people, as well as, let's say, the migrant who come here and assimilate, you know. So they would rather look at the minorities instead of looking at the actual people who matter. It's, it's
0: interesting to note that uh, we, we still have to call him the alleged terrorist because of yes. legal, legal reasons. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's interesting <laughs> to note that he came from uh, Birmingham, which is a, a city in the midlands of England, and the Muslim population of that town is 21.8%. Uh, which is well above the, the UK average of 4.8%, and over overnight UK time, there was uh, seven arrests uh, made in relation to the terror attacks. So that's another example where Muslims tend to congregate. That's where te- uh, terrorism uh, emerges.
1: It is, yeah, and, you know, it just goes show that the ghettos are sort of where all these things originate from, you know, that's where they all happen, they all, um, you know, form ghettos and live with each other and they plan together, you know, they they, they come from similar backgrounds and, you know, they do it easily, you know, they, they can plan together, they, they have their equipment, they have what they need, they have their resources because they live together and they actually have connections and, you know, they go on, they do something like, something like this and it'll keep happening. Um and you know it 's again, as I said, not surprising, is it because it's been hap- it 's the same thing that 's been happening all over again in every single western country in the or western region in the world
0: and no amount of uh, intelligence or throwing money at security beefing up security is is going to prevent this i mean if you 've got enough Muslims in the country, and especially if they 're in ghettos where they're pretty much no go zones for uh, the authorities, like how are you going to find out if someone's planning an attack.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's hard to, I mean, we can't read minds, you know. So it's hard to actually find out who's going to attack. That's why we need an actual practical solution instead of, you know, um, sort of improving the intelligence or improving the, the CCTV or, you know, having, getting, better guns or getting better equipment doesn't matter because you know you you can't really predict um a hundred percent you know when the next attack is going to be you can't predict a hundred percent where it's going to be and you know that's why we need a practical solution and that's why people voted for trump you know all this does all this does is give trump and um pauline all the new right-wing sort of parties the support they need and we like that, you know. That is a good thing, I suppose, because those parties actually know what to do. They have the practical solution. You know, ban Islam, ban Muslim migration, ban refugees, and the problem will be much better. Sorry, as in, it will be solved much better.
0: Yeah, well, Pauline, uh, she, uh, I thought it was quite, quite funny what she did, you know, mocking the, the virtue signaling with her own hashtag, pray for uh, Muslim ban, <laughs> which is, uh, and of course she was pilloried uh, for that, and Malcolm Turnbull said yeah. that, oh, you know, uh, Pauline, uh, by promoting that policy, she's only going to make the terrorists more angry. I mean, there, there's that. <laughs> Uh, ridiculous strategy that if we're just nicer to them, then, uh, you know, they, they, they won't
1: attack us. Yeah, I mean, does not that, that's interesting because that just shows that the real, I mean, they blame us for being Islamophobic, but the real Islamophobes are the people, logically, wouldn't it be the people who think Muslims are, can, can be, you know, sort of, they need to be um, sort of ignorant of the truth, you know, wouldn't that be the actual Islamophobes, the left, who are saying, you know, the Muslims are, you know, violent. That means they know they're violent. Like, ultimately, it just says their argument itself shows that they actually know they're violent because they're saying themselves that, you know, we can't say things that are bad about Islam because it'll encourage them to continue doing all these acts. So that just shows they actually know the fact that Islam is violent and Muslims are violent. Um, and yes, the media was... horrendous as usual as usual but it didn't work um now because most people know what she is most people agree with her um and what what she says they see they they know that pauline has a point and they don't listen to the media and what they say um and, yeah, there was also the uh, the poll that was made up in, in, in a website called Votocrat. And, you know, it was like, it was based on Pauline's comments and it asked, you know, would you want to see a Muslim man? And above 90% said yes, they would want to. And I suppose that's hopeful. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's just a internet poll. But, of course, we've seen yeah. uh, that survey from last year, which said that 49% of Australians supported about uh, yeah. Muslim immigration. And we, we know that it works. I mean... Uh, everyone always points to the example of Japan, like no Muslim immigration, no terrorist problem. I mean, it's pretty simple that, like, the reason why they're occurring in Europe so much is because they've got, they've let Muslims in for uh, decade after decade. And, of course, it's been turbocharged by the migrant crisis. And countries like France and Belgium, I mean, they're just uh, insane,
1: yeah, because they've followed the whole, you know, open borders trend we see in politics today. They implemented the open borders. They, you know, put put their own people into this into such a level of risk, and they're paying for it. The people are paying for the government's incompetence. Um, and yes, Japan is a good example because you, you don't see anything happening in Japan. You know, Japan doesn't allow um many refugees. I think it was thirty one. I think uh one year they allowed um that was it. So, you know. If it go to show that a Muslim ban will be effective, um, it probably won't even be enough since uh, considering the fact that there are lots of you know, Muslims already living in Western countries and homegrown terrorism is itself a problem. It will be a very good step in that direction.
0: Well, that's the argument the left always put forward. Oh, but, but most of them are, uh, are like local citizens of the nations. But, well... F- that doesn't mean we need to let more in. Yeah. Like I am saying, oh, it's already yeah. bad enough, so, yeah, just let them keep coming in. That, that's insanity.
1: Yeah, that's similar to Donald Trump's you know, argument about the Mexican migrants, you know. They, you know, they, they, they rape. You know, we already have rape here, so it doesn't matter if we're in more rapists. You know, it doesn't work. It's illogical. You know, Just because we already have terrorists here doesn't mean we should take in more terrorists. Um, we should try and take in less terrorists or t- take in no terrorists and focus our attention on actual homegrown terrorism, um, you know, be even more effective instead of, you know, instead of taking even more terrorists inside, instead of taking even more Islamic refugees inside and then sort of making the problem even even worse. So, again, that's a good example of how the left's, left, it's a good example of how the left's arguments are themselves illogical and don't make sense. Uh
0: i am like i'm just so sick of the, the virtue signaling that you know this is horrible uh, i mean like like I said before, we know what what solution is needed, but how many more how many more people have to die in the West for our leaders to finally admit that they got it wrong are we are we going to get to a stage where it 's pretty much like the streets are so so dangerous that I, I, don't, I don't think our current leaders are ever going to get it. They'll just have their heads in the yeah. sand. They definitely need to be uh, replaced with, I mean, America's done that with electing Trump, but it's looking like in Australia and also Europe with the Dutch elections that it's much harder uh, to, to do it over there. But it's sort of, it's, It makes you depressed that it's going to have to get so much worse for people to, you know, be able to have the courage to go against the elites and the media to vote for people like Wilders, Le Pen or Frog Petri.
1: Yeah, I mean... Their responses themselves sort of make it clear that they really don't care. I mean, you can you can look at the French president's re- response to terrorist attacks. You can look at Angela Merkel's oh, response. Oh,
0: disgusting! Like, how can she yeah. say that with a straight face?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it, just, it just says that they really don't care, and it just says that nothing can ever change their position. You know, it just shows that they you know they just don't care about what happens in their country. They will always continue to do this exact same thing because. Well, who knows? There are lots of reasons why they would be doing it. Some people say, you know, they 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 may have some other agenda. Some people say, you know, but you know, the point is they will continue doing the exact same thing no matter what. And that's why we need to change and go back to what we had before. You know, what we had ages ago. You know, strong borders. You know, we had common sense back in the past. You know, we need to we need to bring that back. And that's why we need to vote for people like Pauline Hanson, and Marine Le Pen, which. Who I hope is really going to win. Um, in regards to Wilters, as um, yes, it was quite disappointing. But then I think it's nice to see that Wilters may have had an impact on the on the major centre right party because um, they did say they will do something about immigration. Let's hope they keep that promise true. Um, but you know, it seems like Wilters may have had an impact. So there's some good news um, there. But again, we need to see if they'll keep that promise. Yeah. Um, but yes, we need to see change and, you know, the leaders don't care. That's that's beyond dispute. And the current system doesn't work. That's beyond dispute. And we need to have actual good leaders who care about the country's safety and freedoms and culture and heritage and values. Uh,
0: uh, well, I wonder what their reaction will be next terrorist attack, uh, because, because there will be one. I wonder if they'll... Oh. <laughs> if, if if by the next one they they wake up a bit more, but uh, we'll probably be talking about the next one on a future podcast and uh, leaders' reaction to it. So um, we'll see if you know if, uh, if they're red pilled anytime soon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we will talk about it again, but you know, it'll it'll continue it'll continue. It will keep happening. Um even if Marine wins, it probably will keep happening because as we know there will be home contrarism, but at least we can do something about the extra migration intake. So, you know, if Marine wins it'll be a good step in the right direction. But you know, it'll it, we will see more of this. And why? It's the legacy. It's the legacy of the EU, the legacy the legacy of the rulers, the the Angela Merkel, um Holland all of them it's their legacy and that's what we will see that's what we will suffer and that's what our you know maybe that's what the future generations might suffer who knows um thanks to them and their legacy so hopefully that won't be the case hopefully they can marine marine can win and sort of stop it asap but you know we can't predict the future exactly Now let's
0: move on to talking about, uh, the ultimate political oxygen sucker, which is same-sex marriage, because, uh, it started being in the news early last week, uh, with the, uh, Cooper's Brewery, they, they released, uh, the uh, uh, a video. Well, it wasn't released by them. It was released by the Bible Society uh, of Australia, and they were drinking uh, Coopers uh, Premium Light, and it featured uh, a debate between uh, Tim Wilson, uh, who's for same-sex marriage, and Andrew Hasty, who's against. And it was a very civil and uh, you know good, uh, good uh, video. But of course, uh, because it was hosted by the the Bible Society, and Uh, it appeared that, you know, Coopers supported the Bible Society and weren't 100% in favour of same-sex marriage, then there was this huge backlash, and Coopers released this uh, cringeworthy uh, apology video where they pledged to support marriage equality. Um, Yeah. and, And so that was... And that was another example of how uh, th- this debate is becoming more and more totalitarian. But later in the week, we also learnt that uh, companies are allowed to have positions on same-sex marriage, but only in favour, because then there was a letter uh, from the CEOs to to the Prime Minister.
1: Yeah, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, you can't have any... Op- you can't have opinions as long as they are aligned with the opinion of the left. That's that's the rule. You, know, you can have your opinions as much as you want. Just make sure your opinion is aligned with the progressives. Um, but yes, that's the problem these days. Again, it's more of a domestic problem we have. And, you know, companies, again, they need to, I think they can have their opinions, but I think they need to focus on their operations more um, because, you know, they're doing a great injustice to society by, Supporting this, you know that they they're doing it to get well. I suppose they are doing it to get more business. They they think society is moving towards this, and therefore, you know, they want to try and appeal to. That's what they think. They are ignorant to the fact that most people actually don't want it to happen. Um, well, they, you know, but... they have, I...
0: uh, like, uh, upper-class uh, guilt that, you know, they're, they're really rich, these companies, and so, uh, you know, we've got to seem like, you know, we're caring and compassionate, and that's why they have this you know, yeah. corporate social responsibility and jump yeah. on the social back, uh, justice bandwagon. I mean, it's not just this issue. There's uh, companies support the Indigenous recognition movement,
1: yeah, I think uh, the fact that, as I said, they have the guilds, the rich guilds, I think it just shows that they probably don't even mean it, um, you know, but they're doing it because, you know, they want to get the money. And as I said, the indigenous, um, those programs as well, you know, they're trying to sort of appear progressive because they've taken the whole concept of co- corporate social respons- responsibility to a whole different, you know, bad level. Um and so, you know, they're just saying that they, they're flaunting their ignorance and saying, you know, we support this, yeah, but we'll, just, we'll just cave into this, we'll cave into that. And, you know, ultimately probably end up losing because they, they, they ignore the fact that most of the country probably don't even support um, same-sex marriage, for example.
0: Yeah, and Peter Dutton, as we mentioned, he was the uh, pro- uh, probably the most aggressive in slamming the company, saying that, you know, they should stick to running their businesses and, yeah, le- uh, leave the political debate to... Ordinary people, I mean, don't use you know shareholders' money on your and your positions to to advocate for for these issues. Now, people have uh, uh, claimed, or those on the left say, how can Peter Dutton say he's in favour of free speech when he said that these companies shouldn't have free speech? Peter Dutton did, uh, is not going to propose a law which forbids companies to speak on social issues. He's just saying, you know, they. Like he reserves special criticism for for Qantas and its CEO Alan Joyce, who whose uh, whose bias in this is obvious because he's gay himself. Um, basically, um, because. They should, like Qantas, for example. They should focus on, you know, make, making sure they have the cheapest possible fares. Their their planes run on time and on schedule. Uh, they shouldn't, you know, divert attention to to these other issues. I mean, uh, the main uh, when I choose a company uh, to to um, spend my money at, like, I I don't want to have to make sure that it aligns with my politics. I just want it to, to be the best value and the greatest service.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned Qantas and Alan Joyce because Qantas itself right now, instead of focusing on their actual problems, they're focusing on all these social justice issues. You know, Qantas has lots of problems these days. Yes, I understand they hit a profit, but that's only because the oil price went down. That's the only reason. The only reason they hit a profit is because the oil prices are down, and therefore, you know, that that's what oil prices take up, I think it was a third to two thirds of the entire um, airline expenditure. And so the fact that the oil prices are down means they have much, much less expenditure. And that's why they hit a profit. But Qantas itself has lots of issues these days. If it wasn't for the oil prices, they would have hit another loss. Um, and instead of focusing on those problems, Alan Joyce has chosen to use shareholders' money, to use you know, all, all their resources to try and further this harmful agenda and Peter Dutton was right he should you know stick to his knitting as he said because you know he's he has his own problems and he, he here he is sort of being irresponsible using other people's money responsibly and then focusing on this instead of the real problems yes they have the right to free speech and Peter Dunn isn't proposing any law against him unlike the left unlike the left Peter Dutton isn't proposing an anti-free yeah. speech law but you know the point is the point is that we need to focus on their actual operations instead of, you know, virtue-seeking about things they don't really even know about. Yeah,
0: and it may be worth saying that if Ellen Joyce is, you know, so desperate to get married, why doesn't he just go back to Ireland?
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, why, why doesn't he move back and leave Qantas to someone more competent, maybe, and, you know, go to Ireland and get, get married, you know? After all, you know, he, he doesn't want to have that, so... Okay,
0: who knows? Uh, uh, like I said, I would prefer that, you know, companies don't get involved in political debates, but obviously they have the freedom to do so. But uh, if, if, they, if they do want to get involved in uh, political debate, then it, sh- it should be like a company should be free to adopt whatever position they want and not have to face this vitriolic backlash from the left. I mean, why, can't it, why, why shouldn't a business be able to stand, stand for traditional marriage if it wants
1: to? Yeah, that's the irony, isn't it? I mean, look at Coopers. Coopers didn't even say anything in the ad. All they had was the actual... The bottles of beer, the product in the ad. And, you know, we had this entire backlash, you know, threw the bottles out, they threw their products out, you know, um, it was a, a bar in, in, in Sydney that actually was the first to do that and they they, they they did all that. And for some reason, they have the nerve to attack Peter Dutton for apparently infringing their right to free speech. But But before that, just before that, when Coopers did that, the left was the actual that was the actual um, force that was infringing upon Cooper's right to free speech, infringing upon the Bible Society's right to free speech, because they were full on um, attacking the entire company, attacking you know insulting and abusing the product of the entire company, um, because what they were in they were used as a, as the props in a Bible Society's video where it discussed about homosexual or gay marriage, and you know that's the irony, isn't it? That's the actual irony. Pitt didn't even do anything like that. All he said was, "Your company, you know, just focus on the operations, rather then you know, the left." When the Coop, when Coopers does it, when Coopers uses its right to free speech, or when the Bible Society uses their right to free speech, then you know that's when you see the actual anti-free speech backlash from the left.
0: Well, well, the left think that the the right to criticize uh, somebody's free speech is suppressing free speech.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it, again it's a bit of a uh, inconsistent logic. Again, we see it on the left. You know that's their that's their definition. The left is full of inconsistent, you know, illogical arguments that they flip they flip, flip flop from one to another. You know, one minute they they're for free speech, for free speech like now, and one minute they're anti free speech like with Cooper's. Um, so you know they're but, the ones who are controlling the but actual the left opinion would anyway. Also,
0: also argue that we have the, the freedom to boycott a company we do like. Yes, you do. Um, but yeah. uh, but the thing is though, uh, they they are so aggressive in is that they make their um, their actions seem larger than it actually is. I mean, did, did anyone like? you know, ordinary Australians, like, really, were they really going to boycott Coopers, or, or you know, was it just the the loudest people who made it seem like everyone was going to boycott Coopers?
1: Yeah, you know, again, that's a bit of a, something we need to look at. You know, was it everyone who was going to do that? Um, You know, was it just the bars who had a actual voice on Facebook who are doing that, you know, and let's remember, Facebook itself is owned by a progressive person. So who knows what happens there? Um, But, you know, ultimately, it's just the irony we see. You know, as I said, Peter Dutton used his right to free speech to criticise other people, other businesses, for doing something he didn't agree with, which is fine. But the left, you know, the left uses that and says, you know, that's anti-free speech, but the next minute, when there's a business who supports traditional marriage, oh, they start abusing the entire company. You know, they start, they are the ones to start infringing upon the companies. Right, just fright to free speech. I, I
0: think there's a lesson out of the, the whole Cooper saga for um, conservatives and people on the right is that they need to be more aggressive in the culture war as well. I mean, they yeah. should have been, you know, active on social media, expressing their support for, for Cooper, sending them uh, an email, you know, saying, you know, we, we liked what you did. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe you know, uh, bars that... Uh, are run by people the religious faith? Maybe they should do a large order of Coopers, and maybe wouldn't we wouldn't have seen that uh, horrible apology video?
1: Yeah. Um. In fact, what many of us did. I mean, uh, for example, I know that I went on—I forgot the bar's name actually—but I went on the bar's Facebook page, and you know they had a they had a post saying We've boycotted Coopers. We threw them out. You know. You know. We we liberated all the all the progressives from this oppression by Coopers, and then you know I was like. So you're telling me that you can't handle their opinions and therefore you choose to actually throw their you know, products out just because you want, to be dege- you want to be degenerate and, you know, just left-wing and progressive. And they deleted my comment. And that's what they did. They, they keep <laughs> deleting the comments. Um, so, you know, even on Facebook, it's hard because they can just delete the comments and, you know, do whatever they want. Well, let's
0: uh, go back to the issue at hand, which is same-sex marriage. Now, obviously, the plebiscite last year was blocked and so the the liberal party they still want to uh or the coalition i should say they still want to keep their promise to hold a plebiscite on the issue so they proposed uh a way around uh uh, they're set up blocking it is that they can have a postal voluntary plebiscite so you'll get a letter in the mail with a ballot paper you know saying you know are you in favor of same-sex marriage yes or no and you have the option of whether you want to send that back and um, I, I think that, um, that, that that's a good second option because I don't I, I think a plebiscite is needed to Resolve this issue because it should be up to the people what the definition uh, of marriage is. And yes, the the postal option isn't isn't as good as a compulsory uh, proper plebiscite.
1: Yeah. Um. If they, if yeah, I suppose if you do want to change it, then use a plebiscite. Um. And you know, ultimately, I support if if we do need a plebiscite, then I, I support this postal option. I personally don't prefer a plebiscite because I just don't think it should be changed. Um, You know, I don't think we should take any steps to try and change it at all, meaning I don't think we should even do a plebiscite to try and and change it or see what people think. However, if you do want to resolve the issue using a democratic approach, then yes, a plebiscite is good. Um, And ultimately, if that's the approach, then I do support um, a post-tool plebiscite option um, where people can actually, you know, say... What they want.
0: Well, liberal and national uh, National parties, the reason why they have the plebiscite policy is because they can't come to a position themselves. I mean, the parties split between those who support same-sex marriage and those who support traditional marriage. And so this is, rather than tear themselves apart over it, uh, which, which would be not good for the country, they just put it to the people and accept that outcome.
1: Yes, I suppose there are other factors that are the party has different factions and um, and it's hard to come to a decision even for them. I just think, you know, it wouldn't have happened if they... Stay true to what they were originally and, you know, didn't kick Tony Abbott out, didn't, you know, do all that, um, you know, didn't take the party in a new left-wing direction. So, you know, I just think if that didn't happen in the first place, it, it all goes back to the the entire sort of beginning of the party going towards the left. Um, if that didn't happen, then they probably wouldn't need to have done this anyway. They probably wouldn't have um, had a very sort of... Uh, A conflict within within the party when it came to deciding on same-sex marriage um because they would have had tony abbott or someone conservative or actual classical liberal um who would have had an authoritarian sort of stance saying nope the party was founded on these values and therefore we can't support this um but it did that didn't happen so we now we ended up here so yes from that perspective since we did end up here um i suppose a website can be useful yeah
0: I mean, because if if there's not a not a plebiscite and then Labour wins office, they're going to legislate like the worst possible version of same-sex marriage, and that's going to be yeah. imposed upon us.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I suppose from you know, uh, if you look at a uh, domino theory or something, then yes, if you don't do this, the alternative might be much worse. So because I suppose from that perspective.
0: If the plebiscite's voted down, then it makes it very difficult if Labor wins the election to legislate, uh, given that the people voted against it.
1: Yeah, so, that's so, true, yeah. So
0: I think having the, the plebiscite uh, will... It won't just help resolve the issue in the Liberal and National Party, but it might also uh, get the Labor Party to to rethink um, their current position.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, a plebiscite does um have... Now, now that I think about it, you know, the public does seem to have a strategic factor as well. As I said, you know, it will help um, resolve the further issues within Parliament when it comes to Labour and Liberals and, it you know, might help them clarify themselves more. Um, and given the circumstances, I suppose that is the best option there is, um, you know, since I can't sort of dwell within what I hope the party would have been, you know, I need to face reality as well. So, yes, given the circumstances, the public side does seem to be a good option, uh, rather than you know having a free vote or a conscience vote.
0: Uh, the the Labour um, we saw we saw in the news today that um, not only are, are, are they you know firmly for same sex marriage, but they also want to extend uh, have an eighteen C version uh, for um, uh, sexual orientation, which would which would basically make any speech against. Uh, you know, gay marriage or gay rights as you know, hate speech, and uh, you, you could be taken before the courts for it.
1: Yeah, and that is the classic example of the slippery slope in action. The slippery slope. You know, if you want one, if you want one argument or one situation, if you want any evidence to show that the slippery slope is real, here it is. Labour is now extending the 18C. Um, aspect of, of the Constitution, and they're, they're saying, you know what, we're going to apply it to sexual orientation, we're going to apply it to all this, um, to disability, to all that, and that's a super slope. You start with agency that applies to race and um, you know, culture and racism, and then it, it goes down and down and down, and you, you include more people, and now you can't say anything. You know, you can't criticize gay marriage anymore, you can't criticize you know, gay adoptions, for example, anymore. You can't do anything because it'll be against the law, yeah. and that's how the, the cultural Marxists and the left try and actually implement their totalitarian regime over people. And of, that, yeah. that's and of course,
0: you can't dare disagree with the, the gay lifestyle either.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, know, you can't even criticise. If my Mardi Gras article, if, if that was written, oh, yeah. you know... So, so yeah. many,
0: like if that law passed, so many of our articles would be banned
1: would be banned or my life would be I don't know what would happen would I be going jail you know what would happen to me you know or the entire all of us you know in the unshackled what would happen to us you know considering what we have said um so you know I, I mean I did say lots of triggering things in the article so you know that definitely would might mean I, I might go in, j- in jail or something for saying that because you know I actually you know did um, actively sort of um, violate the agency if it did include sexual orientation. So, you know, um, yeah. it's, a big, it's a big problem.
0: Uh, we, we shouldn't be surprised that Labour's proposed this because back uh, uh, when Julie Gillard was Prime Minister, they pr- uh, proposed merging the Racial Discrimination Act with the Sex Discrimination Act yeah. and having a Human Rights and Anti-Discrimination Act, yes. which, would apl- yes. which would make 18C apply to even political opinion. If you're yeah. insulted, uh, offended or humiliated based, based on the, uh, someone's political belief, you could sue them. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but uh, Labour should really make sure they uh, insert the word uh, "triggered" into 18C to make sure, because <laughs> yes. because that is that is a new phenomena as well, and so people should be able to take action if they're triggered.
1: It is, yeah, and you know, it's a good it's a good umbrella. A good umbrella term for you know what what people are experiencing these days it's a good term to to refer to what millennials are experiencing these days when they hear something that doesn't you know go um align with their views so you know it's it's very scary and it's very concerning and you know i just hope Vote, you know it's that's the best reason if you want one reason to not vote Labour, that is the reason you know if you vote for if you vote for Labour and they win and they do this, then you can't say anything you want, okay? I mean, you won't be able to. I'm just saying, I don't think they should have a law regarding assault or you know violence when it comes to race or sexuality because I think we already have laws that look after violence and hate
0: crime laws, you mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just don't think they should have specific laws for race, for example. I just think, you know, we already have laws for that criminalised assault. Yeah, if you, and if,
0: you, if, you murder, anyway. if you murder somebody, like, it's pretty clear that you didn't like that Yeah, person. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you murder, if you, if you, you know, bash somebody up, if you, you know, if you, if you harm someone physically, then there already are laws to protect people, you know, protect you like that. So, well, there, there are laws to sort of um, convict you and there are laws to protect the victim. You don't need a special a uh, racial law for that sort of assault or or a sexual orientation law because those acts are already illegal. So why would you want to divide people and sort of categorize people more using the law using the legal system? <laughs> Now, we've
0: talked about, obviously, how bad Labour would be, but we do spend a lot of um, energy criticising the coalition and the the right side of politics. Um, But things are looking up for uh, Turnbull, as we said in the beginning. Um, Obviously, there was the bump in the news poll, even though it, it was previously... Coalition forty-five, Labor fifty-five. It's gone back to uh, Coalition forty-eight, Labor fifty-two, which they're still behind. But that's that. That's still they're still in a winnable position, given that the election's are two years away. And of course Turnbull has he's announced the extension of the Snowy Hydro scheme to uh, to help solve the the energy crisis. Talking about building a new coal-fired power station, and of course, you know, slamming Labor's ridiculous. Uh, renewable energy targets. So he, he could be back from the dead. And of course, uh, he, his announcement of the, the 18C reform on Tuesday, I mean, uh, he, he announced with George Brandis that they would get rid of insult, uh, offend, or humiliate and put in its place harass, which is way further than even Tony Abbott was. Uh, well, well, Tony Abbott yeah. didn't even bother to put forward legislation. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, that is quite surprising, I think, that Tony Abbott didn't do anything. I don't know why. I don't know why he wouldn't do anything. I would expect someone like Tony Abbott to do something, you know, regarding. He said lots of things. You know, he was the one who explicitly said in parliament what the Muslims were about to do uh, I- I- using terrorist attacks. He was the one who explicitly said that, you know, their goal was to, quote, you know, uh, stab people in their kidneys. But that's what ISIS said. That's what, you know, those Islamic terrorists said. He, you know, he... What he said, many of the things he he said would actually violate any agency um clause or any any agency um law if it did include i if, if it included gender then you know his comments regarding the housewives of Australia with the ironing that could have you know violated that law if it included gender but you know it's surprising the fact that he would say things that are controversial but then wouldn't really do something about um the actual law, but it's nice to see Malcolm Turnbull doing something. Um, who knows? Maybe he is um, not a cuck inside. Maybe he's just you know, being controlled I, I, by someone.
0: I, I still believe that he is, you know, a man firmly of the of the left. But the thing is, like, if he if he does the right things by conservatives, then that's a good thing. I mean, yes, like his personal views are, are horrible, but if he does the yeah. right thing by us, like and. I know a lot of people have commented, he's only doing this to save his job, but yeah, but so, so what? If he if he's doing the yeah. right thing to sh- save his job, then that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's the incentive. I mean, I suppose if the incentive is to, you know, do this to make sure that he's going to be, he's going to keep being prime minister, then do it, you know, but that's, it doesn't matter what his intentions are right now. You know, what matters is we get rid of the actual language in the clause in in 18C and he's doing that. And I'm happy, you know, yes, he's still a a left wing, I suppose he would be left leaning. Um, But, you know, again, it's a nice thing that he's doing all this to appeal to conservatives because, and remember the trend, you know, people, we have seen, you know, a conservative right-wing sort of revival in, in every Western country. You know, we, Trump, you know, Donald Trump, in Europe, we are seeing, you know, the revival um, of conservative right-wing values. In Australia, same thing. Pauline Hanson is doing quite well. You know, she's doing well in the polls. She's having support. So I think that may have influenced him as well. You know, he may have realized that, oh, oh look, hold on. You know, we ha- we are seeing all these right-wing values coming up, you know, being revived. So maybe it's time to adapt and, you know, appeal to them. And good. I mean, I suppose, you know, in the inside, he might still be a cock. But, you know, I suppose it's, it's a good thing that he's trying to appeal to common sense, people who follow common sense.
0: Yeah, and I, I still think that if Turnbull's you know, d- going to do the the right thing by Conservatives, he deserves to stay, uh, I don't think that Tony Abbott should return uh, because, yeah, like we talked about before, he had his chance as Prime Minister to yeah. be a Conservative Prime Minister. He failed. Um, it's easy for him to say all oh, these Conservative things from the back bench, but it's another thing to actually do them when you're Prime Minister. I mean, Malcolm Turnbull has proposed changes to 18C while Prime Minister. I mean, that is... You no, know, a much bigger achievement than just shouting from the back bench.
1: Yeah, Tony Abbott's behaviour in the back bench hasn't been very good, and it sort of has um, disillusioned people from well, supporting well, him.
0: Well, he's even turned turned off his... Uh, even his closest supporters, like Matthias Cormann and Peter Dutton. I mean, they're, they're now pretty much, like, conservative confidants for Turnbull.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, ultimately, that's what we want. We want someone conservative to replace Turnbull, if he's replaced, or we want Turnbull to listen to the Conservatives. Um, you know, whatever, as long as it gets the job done. Yeah. Um, and it's a, nice, it's, a, it's a nice change. Yeah.
0: I mean, Turnbull, to his credit, he's stuck to the line on same-sex marriage and also um, strong borders as well. I mean, he's saying, you know, we're not going to let all these people from you know, Nauru and Manus Island into, into Australia. So on the, the key coalition commitments or uh, promises, he's definitely held the line
1: that's commendable yeah he has actually stayed true to what he said um you know he said he will do this and yeah he's staying true to that you know he's saying the strong borders he's always saying you know what because i don't care what you think strong borders is important you know i don't care about labor saying strong borders is important because we know what happens first we don't want people dying at sea second we don't want you know people coming here and you know doing more sydney sieges and you know thirdly we don't want to spend our money on we have other things to spend our money on instead of refugees so you know he's been true to that he's been true to the public side promise you know he's He is a supporter, he says he's a supporter of same-sex marriage, Um, but, you know, despite that, he said, you know, our our promise was the plebiscite, and we will do that, and that's what he did, and now with the post to the plebiscite, he's trying to uh, make sure he will keep his promise somehow, Um, and that's commendable, yes.
0: I definitely think that if Turnbull uh, is to to fall down, and like uh, obviously his track record is is not that good, even even though he's he's beginning to uh, step step up now. But if uh, Turnbull was to fall, I'd rather th- them go to. Uh, liberals go to a proper conservative like Peter Dutton, who has got a solid record. I mean, as immigration minister, he's you know been been fantastic. Um, he also defended um, Trump's um, immigration executive order, and obviously we talked about his um, uh, his comments on the the uh, the co- uh, company CEOs pressuring the government for same-sex marriage, uh, so, uh, and also. Uh, Going back to last year, he talked about mistakes in previous Australian immigration policy and how we shouldn't uh, sh- shouldn't make the same mistakes. So I definitely think that you know Dutton, his his performance in a senior role definitely makes him more qualified than somebody like Abbott from the backbench.
1: Yeah, Dutton has been very consistent as well. He has the honor and the integrity, and that's very important. You know, as you said, the, with the Lebanese, he's um he's um he's comment on the Lebanese migrants. You know, saying we took too many Lebanese migrants, um, and that's a problem because well, yesterday there is a problem. Um, you know, I personally have seen what the Lebanese migrants are capable of. Um, so you know. He has been consistent, he has been honourable, and he's done things well. And I think he would be very good for a party like Australian Conservatives to work with Cory Bernardi, for example, um, rather than, you know, be with the Liberals. Um, Or he can, you know, he might actually save the Liberals from peril and make sure they win again. Um, Who knows? But I, I suppose, yes, Peter Dutton is a good example of a good leader.
0: I, I think he has made uh, mistakes, which I have written about. I mean, he said that the uh, uh, Muslim girl hijab Australia Day billboard was great, which I don't know why he had to yes. say that. And he yeah. also, as immigration minister, revoked the visa, uh, visa of uh, American pro-life activist um, uh, Troy, uh, Troy Newman. So that was quite disappointing from, from somebody who is, from what I hear, pro-life himself. Uh, yeah, but yeah. but of course this is the Liberal Party that we're talking about. None of them are perfect.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's the he's the lesser of two evils. Like he's the best out of all of all of them. You know, we're not saying he's perfect, They're but yes, lesser, he is the best uh, out of all
0: of them. How many Liberal MPs are there? Lesser, yes. le- lesser evil of about ninety of them.
1: Yeah, ninety of them. yeah, so, yeah that's about That's better than you know the others. So you know, let's hope he does have a good impact on the party. I have. Uh, the criticism, because like, uh, I've spoken with
0: like Liberal Party supporters who say, oh, Dutton wouldn't be good because, oh, you know, he's not charismatic and the media would tear him apart. But so what if the mainstream media yeah. tore him apart? That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, exactly. who cares what they think? I mean, you want a conservative leader who's going to trigger the mainstream media. and um, uh, And in terms of, like, not being charismatic, I mean, people forget that, you know, John Howard was pretty plainly spoken. I mean, he wasn't a, you know, a great orator, but he won four elections because he, he stuck to uh, his policies. Uh, he, he reflected the values of the Australian people. And that's why he kept uh, get, kept getting reelected, uh, because the, the people felt that people knew deep down that he was who reflected who they were.
1: Yeah, and also the fact that it's it's funny how the mainstream media says he's not he's not charismatic because the fact that he triggered the mainstream media shows that he is charismatic because that's charisma charisma doesn't have to be positive. Yeah. It can be both positive and you know sort of um controversial as well. That can make you charismatic as well. Um so it, it's funny how they said that because you know they he triggered the he triggered the mainstream media and that just shows he is charismatic. Um so you know again mainstream media irony there you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you've seen him uh, being interviewed on the ABC or Sky News, he's definitely not afraid to be triggering. Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that is what we need, you know, someone who says the truth, someone who says like it is, instead of, you know, caving into their political correctness.
0: Yeah, I mean, Tony Abbott, like, they, one of the reasons he felt is because he tried to get the mainstream media to like him by campaigning on yeah. issues such as Indigenous uh, recognition. Uh, and you know, saying he was a feminist.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a back, backlash. Um, I suppose that's yeah. I suppose you know, from from that perspective, then it's not kind of it's not surprising that Tony Abbott's gone. For, you know, if he did if he did that, you know, I suppose he he lacked honor in a way, and Dutton has much more honor than Tony Abbott. So you know, Dutton better. Yes, Dutton is better than Tony Abbott. But let's
0: just end this by saying we shouldn't get too optimistic about the, the Turnbull government. They could easily yeah. fall apart next week. So we're just saying yeah. that they've had a good month. Um, if they keep going like this, then there could be some light at the end of the tunnel. But of course, um, yeah, we don't have much faith. We should say that we don't have much faith in mainstream politicians.
1: Yeah, we're not psychics, so we don't know what's going to happen. If he does keep on this path, then it's a good sign. Mm.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for on uh, today's review show. I'm glad we finally got to record it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So thank you for joining me, Sukath.
1: That's okay. It's been my pleasure.
0: And, of course, the usual reminders at the end of the show apply. Uh, Don't forget, if you haven't, to sign up to our email list at theunshackled.net slash subscribe. Also, please consider supporting the website. You can either become a patron on Patreon or donate via PayPal. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or view the video version on YouTube. And, of course, don't forget to keep checking theunshackled.net on a regular basis for all the latest news. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you.